Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The pitch to Stanton. Throws, there it goes. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. A Stantonian home run. What did I see wrong? He's at first base. The Rich Eisen Show. I'm ready. Let's go. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, Fox Sports Rules Analyst Mike Pereira, University of Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce, plus Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host sitting here in Los Angeles, California, getting set for a three-hour show with you right here on Peacock, NBC Sports on Peacock, streaming live every day so you can see everything going on here. You can hear everything going on here on Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio on both of those entities. Peacock and Sirius XM. We follow the Dan Patrick Show every single day. And on Peacock, we take you to Brother from Another at 3 Eastern Time with Michael Holly and Michael Smith. We say hello to our terrestrial radio listeners on the Rich Eisen Show, terrestrial radio network, coast to coast, or if you're streaming us live on Odyssey, we say hello to you. If you're watching us later on on Peacock or you're checking out our videos on youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, we say hello. And of course, to our podcast listeners, who check us out every day on the Cumulus Podcast Network. We appreciate that. My Just Getting Started podcast on all the voices in the NFL right now, uh, front and center. Uh, the Origin Podcast Story, uh, po- the Origin Story podcast, Just Getting Started, that I've uh, talked with Al Michaels on how he got started in his career. Joe Buck, still to come. Jim Nance last week. Uh, we also had Michael Strahan before him. It was Aaron Andrews. Today, it's Kevin Harlan, who's the voice of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. A fantastic interview with the man who's been around football for quite some time. His dad ran the Packers back in the day. Now he's the voice of Monday Night Football right here on Westwood One. If you're listening to us there, we say hello to you. So there's lots of hellos for us to say. Uh, We say hello to Mike Del Tufo across the way. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, And uh, the empty seat that is uh, Chris Brockman. He is not at a duck boat parade in Boston. Um, Trust me, he wanted to be here in the worst way today. Uh, Cage is under the weather. His boy's under the weather, and he's got to be... He's on daddy duty today, um, and we say hello to you, T.J. Jefferson. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm better than Cage right now. I know, I know. Better, and I and I and I, and I, I say uh, sorry to all of the Red Sox fans who are tweeting at me and the show and Brockman saying, I can't wait to see what you do with Rich Eisen tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I apologize that you won't have those jollies, but Chris will be back in this chair, and uh, at that time when when Chris returns. Um, 
I will no longer follow the sport of baseball. I don't even know what that sport is. I asked you a question this morning, and you looked so confused. I said, what's baseball? <laughs> okay. So, um, in my job, I'm fortunate to have uh, here, NFL Network or wherever, certainly at ESPN, uh, there's no cheering in the press box. So, that that, that whole concept of, you know, you got to be professional, play mm-hmm. it straight down the line, certainly what ended up knocking a lot out of my fandom uh was being on sports center for seven years where i just don't you know you couldn't at all even wear on your sleeve you know you love the yankees you love the jets you love whatever stuff that i wear on my sleeve right here because it's you know the show that thankfully you tune into uh because you're wondering what may be going on in my temples or something like that it's the rich eisen so i i talk about all that stuff here but throughout the 25 years i've been fortunate enough to do this i've kind of you know i've pared it down i've tightened the rotation on sports that emotionally affect me when my team does not win or when they win, I kind of get a little bit out of whack. Yes. And I, I've pared it down to three. Okay. Michigan football. Clearly. Michigan basketball. Yes. And the Yankees. The Jets, I, I'm I'm just a hollow shell of a man. Okay. <laughs> um, where, where, you know, when the losses happen, I'm like expecting it. And when the wins happen, like this past week, it's kind of high register. Like, oh, okay, great. They just beat it out. Yeah. But, you know, eventually, you know, when the Jets get really, really good again, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm, I am an emotionally invested, but it doesn't terribly affect my, my mood. I was in a bad mood last night. I bet. I was in a very sour mood last night because nothing hurts than watching your team get eliminated from postseason play. Nothing worse when the team that eliminates your team from postseason play is the team that you despise the most. And I I do that with the Boston Red Sox. And I fully admit, again, when I got COVID, when I was a breakthrough case in July Mm -hmm. this summer, one of the first breakthrough cases I ever heard of was my own. Um, I was in Boston and and I got hooked up um, through the great Tom Werner, who's one of the owners of the Red Sox, who's been on this show, who was a friend, full disclosure. Um, he hooked me up with the medical staff of the Boston Red Sox who were just stupendous and terrific. And that's why I'm kind of scratching my head why anybody on the Red Sox are like, yeah, I need to do my research a little bit more on whether I should get the vaccine or the shot about all that. Because trust me, the Red Sox medical team is A++ on this front and they were great. And I am I, I, so thankful to them, but I'm also thankful to them and thanks to them. I'm not dead, right? So... I, look, I, don't want the, I don't want no. the Red Sox to win. <laughs> you got to be able to separate and church I and state. don't want the Red Sox to win a game like last night. This is These are the games you have to win in a rivalry. These are the games you have to win to continue your team. These are the games you have to win to continue with your team and your season and also tell your rival, you are not better than us. Good luck next time because this time we got you. And last night, the Red Sox were the ones who showed up. And the Yankees showed up only a couple of moments at a time. And there's two ways to look at it. Not your night. Wasn't the Yankees' night last night. Certainly when Stanton hits one so far and so deep into the first inning night that It looked exactly like the home runs he hit over the monster 
in that three-game sweep that put the Yankees in a position to actually make the playoffs. And at the time, host a playoff game. And yet, it hits the top of the wall. And he thought it was gone. The whole world thought it was gone. God bless John Sterling. He thought it was gone. The Yankee announcer, I'm sure his call is clanking all over the place on Twitter. And he only winds up at first first base. And then... Later on in the game, when it's 3-1 to one, and the Yanks have already homered in the inning and they knock Nathan Avaldi, who had a terrific night for the Red Sox, out. And Judge is on base and Stanton hits another one. I mean, he murdered the, the baseball, honestly. Like, if there was a baseball version, you know, of Law & Order, he murdered the baseball. Like, the baseball had chalk lines around it. <laughs> yeah. And it it hit the top of the monster. I mean, it might have made one of those famous dents in the monster. And Phil Nevin, the third base coach, God bless him, I mean, thought the judge could score because the ball caromed off the wall and got past the left fielder. And Kike Hernandez jumped right on it and found Xander Bogarts. And Bogarts darted one right to home plate. And Judge was dead to rights. I mean, I did have all those hopes that somehow, some way, the tag was applied late and Judge's right hand got around the tag. But it wasn't. And Judge, according to Jason Stark's Twitter feed, became the first Yankee base runner out at home plate on a hit in an elimination game. Ever. Every other Yankee who'd been thrown out at home plate in a winner-take-all game had been thrown out based on a fielder's choice infield ground ball. Never happened in the history of Yankees postseason play, and this is the 57th such postseason appearance for the Yankees. Had never happened. And yes, in front of my 10-year-old son, Cooper, I said the F word. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, my best dad ever son is still here. Still intact. I did say the F word. Because that right then and there, you kind of felt it was over. Not their night. Because later on, Red Sox tack one more on because a ball that with that low fence out in right field thought it could be a ground rule double, making it only second and third. No, that hits the wall. Two Yankee balls hit a wall, prevents home runs. One Red Sox hit, hits a wall, keeps it in the building, scores a run. Not the Yankees' night. That's one way to look at it. And the other way to look at it is that everyone should be gone. Fire them all! Everyone? That's the Yankee way. Because if George M. Steinbrenner III was alive, oh. he would have done every... I mean, he would just... This, the earth today would be scorched that the Yankees lose to the Red Sox in this manner. Scorched earth. Maybe not the smart thing to do, Dracarys. But scorched Dracarys. <laughs> scorched Earth. Bring me because, because he has a general manager who put a team together that's kind of all or nothing. We saw it throughout the season. If they don't hit home runs and they don't make contact, they're toast. The New York Yankees last night, 11 strikeouts and no walks. Only the third time they've ever had that in a postseason game. The other two times, the 2012 American League Divisional Series game against Baltimore 
and the 1949 first game of the World Series against the Brooklyn Dodgers. They won both those games, not last night, because for the first time since 2015, the Yankees had 11 strikeouts and no walks in a game and six or fewer hits. That's the first time they've had that line score in a crucial contest, but at least they had the guy that's making 300 million Steinbrenner dollars. What does Garrett Cole do? He becomes the first Yankee pitcher at Fenway Park to record six or fewer outs, but still give up two home runs, wedge in two home runs into those six outs. Last Yankee pitcher to do it, Andy Hawkins in 1990 when the Yankees were hot garbage. Garrett Cole, to use the Steinbrenner phrase, spit the bit. That's what George would always talk about because he was a horse racing guy. He spit the bit. Cashman spit the bit. Joey Gallo, let's get him. He's got that whole, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it here. I got the whole guy because I, I, I don't know these guys personally and I don't normally do this. This is the fan in me and I know you love when the fan in me comes oh, yes. out. But he's got that whole Adam Gase sort of eyes looking around like what's going on? Like, And you're wondering like what's, what's in this guy's head? You know he wants to ball out. I get it. I know. Number of times, Alex Rodriguez referred to him as the landing strip of the Yankees' offense last night because everyone in front of him was on fire. Rizzo, you don't want to mess with. He homered. Mm-hmm. Judge and Stanton back-to-back, those are keepers. Those first three Yankees should keep. Everyone else? Gone. See ya. And I know that makes no sense, but Gallo, I mean, he was called the landing strip, which, by the way, Sounds like an establishment near the Yankees' Tampa training complex, doesn't it? <laughs> there actually is one in so, New Jersey. <laughs> so it was just dreadful, all of it last night. Dreadful. The manager was just, uh, he seemed like, you know, he, he got the quick hook. You see Garrett Cole say, I'm out? Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, you're out. You're out. Doesn't matter how many zeros are in your contract when you pitch like that in terms of staying in the game. Once the game's over, oh, that matters. Because that's the guy that was supposed to show up and stop it. Everything that I just said shouldn't have mattered because Garrett Cole was going to shut out the Red Sox last night in front of Sully and Fitz and singing Sweet Caroline and shut them all up. That's what should have happened last night. But Andy Pettit's not walking through that door, to use the Patino phrase. David Cohn's not walking through that door. David Wells is not walking through that door. The Yankees' Roger Clemens is not walking through that door. Jimmy Key's not walking through that door. Derek Jeter's not walking through that door. Neither is Posada. Mo Rivera. Torrey. Same guys, Cashman. Don't know what the answer is other than scorch it. With the exception of Judge and Stanton, and keep Rizzo. I like him. (laughs) And good luck to the Red Sox. Good luck to the Red Sox. Words I do not mean at all. (laughs) But you had to say them. I got to be somewhat of a human and professional. That's the Yankee fandom in me right there. And good luck Dodgers tonight. Because here comes Wainwright. And just don't you just don't send somebody home tonight. Don't send somebody home tonight when you can have second and third with one out and have the tying runs on base. And maybe it's because they knew the landing strip was coming up and Gallo. <laughs> so like you gotta force him in at home. Get him in there while well, you can't. And so playoff baseball will find your weaknesses. Gallo had been very difficult to get hit going since he came from Texas, found him. 
found the, the, the sweet spot in, in the fact that the bad coal showed up last night, the ineffective coal showed up last night, and, and Boone was like a titch behind on making the moves in the, in the bullpen all night long. Just one titch behind. And instead of keeping it where it was, the bullpen allowed the Red Sox to double the three runs they got off of Cole. And the Cub, the two Cubs last night that were acquired, both hit home runs. But the one that Schwarber hit was really particularly difficult to swallow because he's the one who knocked Cole out of the game. And you could see when Cole came out, they had a shot of Alex Cora, who was like kind of looking like, are you going to take him out? Are you going to take him out? Yes, they took him out. That's like, that's when they knew they had the Yankees. Even when the Yankees' bullpen was better than the Red Sox, they knew it. That's what happened last night. Michael Kay is going to join to talk about it. And then we have football on our brain because Mike Pereira, the head of NFL refs, will join it. I've seen enough of this taunting stuff. I've talked about how the taunting rule is driving me crazy mm-hmm. or the reemphasis on the taunting calls driving me crazy. Targeting has been driving me crazy. I'm going to get it all out of my system with Mike Pereira in the middle of this show. It's our Gorilla Glue toughest player on planet Earth. Uh, we're giving out an NIL deal to Alec Pierce of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes, indeed. You know, when you beat Notre Dame, you, you had us said hello. And, uh, and he, had six, he had six catches for 144 yards. He had only nine catches for 150 yards coming in. And just like our previous winner uh, or previous, some of our previous winners of the Gorilla Glue uh, NIL deal um, injured last year, and this is a comeback. Good to see. Yeah, Devin, Devin Leary of uh, of NC State had that last week. And, you know, if you're we like your story and you ball out and you're a good kid. <laughs> and you beat Ohio State. And you're not State expecting you're not expecting an NIL deal. you look for our call. And you beat Ohio State or Notre Dame. Doesn't no, play. that's that, that's a leg up. <laughs> that's a leg up. Um, I'm sorry. I'm in a mood. You love it when I show up in a mood. Let's you love go. it. I know. Joey Gallo hit 199 this year, Rich. I, I want to pile on, but oh, no, no, wow. no. I, it was 199, but it was an interesting move by Cashman. I mean, you know, it helped out, and the Yankees won 13 games in a row at one point. And yeah, and did. you know, and that's the whole thing. Like you can't scorch. I, I know, say scorch the earth. That's the Steinbrenner way of doing it. Wasn't always the best way to do it. I mean, it was just a crazy year. They lose in the, the number of times they lost in their last at bat this year. Perfect example: the game in the corn. They lost oh, yeah. that game, the, the Field of Dreams game, in the corn. number of times they did that, and then they would come right back. They, they ripped off 13 in a row after that. So there's got to be something that Boone's doing right. Is he part of your scorched earth plan uh, as well? I, 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 who else would you get? One of the things I'm going to ask Michael Kay when he joins us, he's the voice of the Yankees, and obviously he's got a, a very popular radio show and drive time in New York City. We'll talk Jets and Giants and other things with him on that front. But coming up next, Ian Rappaport. Uh, Jalen Smith released by the Dallas Cowboys and then Stephon Gilmore by the Patriots expected to come right now. Those two guys are on the market. Why? Yeah. Urban Meyer just held a press conference today, apologized to the fans when he closed in it, said the reason why he didn't take the team plane back is he thought it would be a great spot to clear everyone to clear their heads. Never heard an NFL coach say such a thing <laughs> by saying that's the, and that he cleared it with the, Jacksonville Jaguars way in advance that he wasn't going to go back on the team plane win or lose after they were in Cincinnati. So that's on the Jaguars organization to tell their coach, I understand that you got a deal here and you got all sorts of stuff going on, but with us and your, your tenured already just a few days in, but 
Sorry, you can't you can't do that, Urban. And um, lots to talk about with Ian Rappaport. So let's take a break. My colleague from the NFL Media Group will join us next, right here on the Rich Eisen Show, with tons of answers in this world. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH with our terrestrial radio audience. Joining me right now on, the, on our uh, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is none other than my good friend Ian Rappaport from the NFL Media Group. How are you, Ian? What's going on, Rich? How are you? I'm fine. What's the status as you and I are talking right here, right afternoon on Wednesday um, with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? Best you can tell. Well, he, best I can tell, he's still Jacksonville's coach. He has addressed, as you mentioned, his team in full. Uh, he described himself as someone who embarrassed both the team and his family. Uh, he said that he takes full responsibility. He talked about um, basically how he failed the team and how he should not have done what he did. Um, it was, you know, a couple minutes long. Um, I think it was necessary. It was important. You know, how did the players take it? Like, I don't know, but it needed to be said. You know, I don't think they're going to try less hard on the field. Um, you know, and also they're 0-4, so there really is nowhere to go but up. But I think it was necessary. Uh, I haven't heard any change in his job status. I think the... You know, remarks by Shad Khan, a prepared statement by Shad Khan yesterday were extremely noteworthy. Like, I, I, I honestly can't remember an owner really saying anything like that. It, I mean, that was a very strong public rebuke, and it was not off the cuff. So he is still the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, but, you know, I would say very clearly been put on notice. 
I, I, I'll be honest with you. I cannot believe that this is the way the first four weeks played out in Jacksonville. I just, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to, you know, compute that a CEO well, head coach who has nothing but winning on his resume, um, just on the football field, obviously. Off the football field, there's lots of apologies that Urban Meyer has been forced to give in his career. But I, I still cannot believe that the conversation of whether he and his team can trust him or that, that, that management and his team is questioning their trust level in him I, I, that one, I, I, I would never have predicted. Never would have predicted that. I would agree. I did not see of all of the, um, of all of the NFL scandals. I did not see this coming on my bingo card. Um, I've seen many of them for a lot of weird, very strange things, but this one I did not see coming. I honestly can't even remember any circumstance of a player not flying home with his team or a coach not flying home with his team. Like, I guess it probably has happened. I just I cannot think of any off the top of my head. Well, I mean, in that regard, Ian, I mean, he said today, Urban said today that Trent Baalke, the general manager, who was hired after him, um, and I imagine was hired with Urban's uh, blessing, right? I mean, that's the way these things go in the NFL when you hire somebody of Urban's final say on on football and on all hires. Right. So that, 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 you know, you still have to be able to say, Urban, you, you, you know, you do that, and it's you're you're opening yourself up to so many problems. I would counsel you not to do that. Don't do it, or something has to be done, right? Yeah. I imagine some form of accountability. That that would be a blind spot in the in the um, in the flow chart that the Khan family probably didn't see coming, right? I mean that that somebody well, would consider that. Even. Let's just, I mean, you know, Shad Khan like. All owners is very rich, um, has use of a plane. Um, Urban Meyer said, like, hey, you know, shot, I got tired, man. Like, it's been a long grind. Like, I really need two days. Can I borrow your jet to go to Columbus after I fly home? Like, you know he would have given it to him, right? Right, so, or or the amount of money that he makes from the Con family. I mean, that's what Mike Lombardi mentioned yesterday. It's just like, hey, you know. It's an inconvenience, an extra, what, eight hours of plane travel, but at least you fly back with the team and then you wake up the next morning and you go. You know, you're tired when you're around the grandkids, but I, I, I again, you know, yeah, I'm but, sure if no. Urban Wade could wave a wand, he would he would realize, but do you, let's just say this and then we could put a button on it. Uh, what is the rest of the NFL community that you're talking to about your job? I mean, are they all asking you like, what? What are you hearing in Jacksonville? Are they just as shocked as we are? Oh right no, now? they're no, they're telling me everything that they hear in Jacksonville. Okay, like everyone, everyone has a coach that they know or an executive that they know who's heard about you know all the things in Jacksonville, and and you know this happens when things start to kind of spiral out of control. Everybody wants to weigh in, and I think like as a You know, as a reporter, um, you sort of have to be careful because one of the weird things in our world is when someone comes into it, like Urban Meyer from the outside world, the college world, I think it's fair to say there are a number of people who really would just like him to fall on his face and fail, um, who thought this was a ridiculous thing for Jacksonville to do and thought he has no business in the NFL. And those people are very happy right now. 
Um, I don't know how this is going to end. Uh, recent, the recent days sort of suggest this might not end great, but, but we really don't know. They have a great young quarterback, and that's a great place to start. Um, but there are definitely people who are sort of celebrating this and doing the I told you so and then saying, hey, by the way, have you heard about this other terrible thing in Jacksonville? So not a good time to be a Jaguars person. Um, but if they win a couple games and Trevor starts to show the promise that he showed Thursday night, uh, this probably all goes away. Interesting. Uh, Ian Rappaport here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. So, um, very rare do we see just flat-out cuts in between weeks four and five of an NFL season of players who one would think have some trade value. Um, but walk me through the two uh, surprising releases, starting with Jalen Smith in Dallas. Does this have to do with the Joneses don't want to be on the hook for next year if he gets hurt? I mean, what, yeah. what's going on with him right now? All right, we'll start, start with Jalen. I think the main thing, look, they, they tried to trade him before the season. They offered teams to eat all the salary but the minimum. Um, they, they tried to trade him a bunch. Um, you know, I think it's clear his salary kind of outpaced his performance. He is not a starter in Dallas. Wasn't going to be this week. I think Leighton Vanderush has come on. And Keanu Neal, who makes a lot less money but has played a lot better, is basically the starter. So it's going to be Vanderush, Keanu Neal, and then Micah Parsons doing many, many fun things on the football field. Mm-hmm. And Jalen on the, on the way out. Um, and it was going to be kind of on the sidelines. And you don't want a disgruntled veteran not playing in your locker room. And you're going to pay the money anyway. Um, but, yes, the reason that they can't trade him is because the $9 million in injury guarantees next year, that's almost like a, you know, that you almost can't do that. Um, so I think that's, that's one thing. Look, I mean, he was, you know, the name is a big name, but it was not a surprise that he was released. Like, they've been trying to trade and deal with him for quite some time. So he's not a starter in Dallas, but there's got to be a bunch of teams that say we can use him. I mean, in significant teams. Like, I mean, well, I, I, well not I, everybody has a linebacker core like Dallas does either. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're and again, I know this is could be like fantasy football type uh, conversation because it's just like, well, this team could use him. Sure looks like it, but it might not be a scheme fit or anything like that. I mean, you're talking about the Chiefs having such a difficult time stopping people, and you got someone like Jalen Smith out there, and now also Stephon Gilmore. We'll get to in a second. Where do you think? Um, where do you think Jalen Smith winds up? First blush. Well, Ian. you know, I would say, kind of like you would think, the teams that need linebackers. So we're talking, you know, you know, Mike the Packers have a need there. Possible Washington um, just lost Bostic for the season. Like they have a need. Cleveland Browns have had some injuries. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders have had some issues at linebackers. I think they'd always like to get better. And the best thing is, so Jalen Smith, it's not good for the Cowboys, but it's good for everyone else. Um, they're paying his whole salary this year. So Jalen makes his money, so he's going to sign for the minimum mm. because Dallas is paying the salary. So you're going to go to a good player very cheap. I bet. I mean, so that's going to be a robust market for him. And why is yeah. Stephon Gilmore? I mean, we heard about the hold in, right? Instead of the hold out, what was going on with him? And then, you know, Pop and the whole business with him, with New England. We, we've been seeing this divorce coming for quite some time. Why Why now? Why release for him now? And what it, I imagine his market will be quite uh, significant as well as a oh, free yeah. agent. Uh, 
I think a couple teams will be interested in him, yes. Um, <laughs> now, his, his release has not happened yet, and that is worth noting. I mean, Belichick has said goodbye. Gilmore has said goodbye. Um, they do intend to move on from him, but you can trade him up until 4 p.m. today. So a lot of times when news comes out very early in the morning, you know, it comes out with everyone keeping all, you know, all doors open. Um, so by the Patriots making clear they're going to move on from him, if a team wants to trade for him, they could definitely do that. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye on that. Um, you know, I think this relationship really ran its course. I mean, the Patriots were willing to give Gilmore a couple million dollar bump on his salary. They wanted to make sure he was healthy first. He hadn't practiced never because he was on the public. Gilmore wanted to get paid, wanted a bump in salary, and wasn't going to practice until he was able to do that. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me how this was going to end because those two things do not compute. So it's probably best that it ends this way because I, I didn't see any other resolution, especially not one that satisfied both the Patriots and Gilmore. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial once we're done with Ian. Uh, give that front load, and we got a couple more minutes left with my colleague from the NFL media group. Look, it's it's just, you know, it, it kind of feel like I'm on a, a, you know, a habit trail in a way when I mention the subject of Deshaun Watson, where we just keep turning around and around and around. Look, we, we have no idea what's going on on the legal front. We have no idea what's going on in the investigative front. We have no idea about a ton. The only thing that we know is that there's nothing on this green earth that will cause the Texans to call him up and saying you got to play or put him in that position or Deshaun Watson's going to call up the Texans and say, you know what, you know, I've had enough of what I'm you see sure on my Instagram account. You know? It actually right. it almost hurts them if he plays. So, so the question, though, is the trade deadline is, I believe, just a little bit less than a month away than right now. Yes. So – where are we? Is there is there any there there? Because there's just so many hints being dropped that there's smoke, no fire, but there's you know that there you know Nick Casario would actually consider giving you pick protections now, so on and so forth. Where where do things currently stand? Should we be paying attention to this sort of thing? I mean, you should always pay attention because if it happens, it could happen very quickly. Um, I haven't sensed anything imminent at all. Uh, I know there's been a lot of rumors. Um, I pay attention to all of them. Um, I make calls on all the time. I haven't sensed anything imminent with Deshaun Watson. Um, and maybe there's something going on that I don't know about. I just I have not sensed it. Um, I think a trade could happen. I think it could happen during the season. I think that would make sense. Um, you know, I think his legal situation, like you said, is still very much up in the air. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but the same problem persists. You know, he's never going to play for the Texans again. So the longer Nick Casario holds him, if he can deal with the uncertainty of not trading him, and, like, clearly he doesn't care <laughs> because he's dealt with it already, then if you just wait until the offseason, doesn't the market get bigger? Can't you get more? Aren't you going to know what you're trading, you know, what picks you're getting? So it's just... I know everybody wants it to get done, and believe me, I want it to get done so, so badly. So badly. Um, so badly. So badly. No, it's not that um, I want I want it to get done. I, I'm just knowing that no, there, there are so many teams whose fortunes would change instantly, 
and that there are teams that, you know, by waiting, just even by waiting, right? Like, for instance, and I know this would be completely out of character for the Steelers to do, but the the urgency for Pittsburgh right now um, and the thought yeah. that they would could even twitch in a direction like this right now would be different than, say, next March, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you think? Um, I mean, it would change their season, yes. But then it's like, I mean, first of all, we'll come in, new system, you already have been there. It, it would only make sense if you basically do not have a quarterback. Because then, like, he comes in, he practices for two weeks, putting reps with Ben. Like, I just, that's hard to fathom. Um, it's, I don't know. I that's mean, why I said really it's out of, that's why I said it's, it would make sense for. that's why I said it's out of character. I mean, look, and yeah. then he'd want, he'd want to have to go there. That's the only reason why I, I, I bring it up is that just, you know, it would totally change the concept of what a season would look like for whichever team acquires him on the spot. Right. But the problem for the Texans would be is the draft choices that they get would instantly get worse because right. Deshaun Watson would play and start winning. So Right, because he's a very good quarterback. Yes, I've heard that. Yes. So, And that's why, I mean, I've never seen a situation like this. It is absolutely incredible. Um, but this is why there are so many different layers to it. I guess that's the perfect way to end it because that's the conversation starter we had with Urban Meyer. Never seen anything like it. There's nothing to describe it. And uh, it's crazy, Ian. It really, yeah, it really is. Right. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. We'll chat again soon. All right, look forward to it. Take there you care. Go. That's Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Deshaun Watson, living la vida loca. All you got to do is just check his Instagram account, right? What's I'm going to do right now? Yeah, or or that of his um, young uh, lady friend. I'll definitely do that. I know. That's the way, I mean, as the Texans are just throwing Davis Mills out there. And anybody that wants him right now. I mean, anybody that gets him right now. I know Ian just said, well, what, splitting reps with Ben or something like that. I don't think they'd split reps with Ben. I think I think Ben's hip injury would get significantly worse. And like I told you, Ben's going to go out on his shield. He's not. I don't think he's going to accept the you know, yeah, I'm hurt. That's the way I'm ending my career thing. I don't. I don't think he wants to do that at all. So but I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Like Philadelphia, if Philadelphia goes and gets Deshaun Watson right now, mm-hmm. what do you you know? Because the Texans have basically said, we don't want your guy back. We'll take your picks, and then we'll get our guy. Like, mm-hmm. there's nobody out there that they want. They're, they don't want Tua. They don't want Jalen Hurts. They want your picks. That's what they want. So it's on you. You trade for Deshaun Watson. It's on you how you split your reps with whomever. It's like, we're, we're not going to take your quarterback off your hands. That's not what we're here for. Yeah. That's not what we're doing. Because we're willing to live and die with Davis Mills right now. And Tarod Taylor will come back at some point. We're cool with 2021, despite how difficult it must be to live it and experience it, certainly as a fan. That's why I I just, I'd be so surprised if this trade happens right now. There's too many variables. Yeah. And the variable on top of it is the Texans would be getting draft picks that they don't know where they land. Because the team will get better. And that if Deshaun Watson is not sidelined by whatever a grand jury or the commissioner's office says he's going to play. 
So basically, he's just like the dire straits right now. He's getting money for nothing, and he can sit back and chill. And yes, that's that. I would just counsel to not sing the next line of that song right now. Yeah, and the thing is, I you know what I, I mean? stopped like, myself. When, you, when yeah. you do that, you need to sound out all the lyrics before you go in that direction, TJ. Yeah, and, and, and you notice I hit the pause I button. I noticed you hit that pause. <laughs> I want my MTV. Let's choose it. Let's choose, yeah, let's talk about MTV. I oh, my God. My MTV. You got to see, basically what I'm saying is you got to see over the steering wheel, <laughs> which is what I do professionally here on this show. You're a legend in the game. Oh, no. I, I, sometimes yeah. I like spiking I like spiking footballs, or in this case, golf balls. Rich Stradamus yesterday. Uh, we, we'll talk we about were, it, because I, I said something here yeah. on this show that something came true yesterday. That's still to come sure right did. here. Your phone calls, however, are next. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. If you're on hold, stay on hold, because you're about to be on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Our phone lines are lit. We yep. greatly appreciate you calling into the program. Um, let's go to the phone lines. Hold on a second. They're all full. I They're love full. This. Yeah, I haven't filled the last one. All right, let's go to, um, let's go to our buddy Jeff in Detroit. Jeff in Jeff. Detroit. You have tenure uh, here. Yes. I pick you first, sir. What's going on, Jeff? <laughs> Wow, what's going on, cousins? To my uh, cousin hey, Chris Brockman, get well soon. To little Cage, you know we pulling for him. I know he would be totally cynical today. <laughs> yeah, I'm not missing his voice today. To be honest with you, Jeff. Not I know, right? I know, I know. What a day for him to be off. I know you. Sorry about it. Um, hey, listen, I'm I'm sitting here listening to you guys, and I was trying to figure out what was the big deal with Urban Meyer. And you know, I'm thinking they might have been a little too hard, but. Dude, he is a victim of his own hubris. He has no clue. And my thing is this. If I'm a football player on his team, I don't think we're fighting the same battle. Because if you don't fly back, and this is one thing, <clears throat> Tony Dungy was on Pro Football Talk. No, he was on Brother, Brother from Another. Mm -hmm. So when he was on Brother from Another, he stated that in his tenure as a coach and as a player, he had never heard of a coach 
not flying back with the team, especially after a loss. I would be getting with my coaches trying to figure out what are we going to do to fix this problem. And then you come and say that you don't believe it's, it's, it's not on you. And you kind of put the onus upon other members of your team. He's lost that locker room, and I'm trying to figure out what is, where does he go from here? You know what I'm saying? Is he going to get mm, four or five games in? When will he be, you know, when will he be fired? And I have another question for you. Um, no, boy. Okay. Well, let me just let me, you, go oh, for it, and then I'll, I'll answer mm-hmm. both of your things. Okay, so. okay. Yeah, this Urban Meyer thing, though, man, it, it was just tripping me out because – He's not fighting the same. I mean, he seems like well, look, I, it's, like oh well. I totally agree with you, Jeff. And you know, I got other calls, so let me just hop on with them. So we'll we'll get back to you. You call back. You're you're an anytime caller, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks. It seems to me right now, what Jacksonville is doing is holding on for dear life for Sunday. And this is a huge Week Five game for that entire franchise. I mean. The Khan family and everybody in that organization is going to be showing up Sunday to use the Jerry Jones phrase, nervous as a cat. I remember Jerry when he was in the Superdome. I think it was, I think this is what it was. It was 2009. Okay. Will you look this up? Normally, this is, yeah. normally Chris Brockman's the will you look this up guy. TJ, will you look this up? Of course. I think so it I was did. 2009. Okay. The Saints were undefeated. They were 13-0 and on their way to the Super Bowl and eventually the win. And the Dallas Cowboys showed up there on a Saturday night with Wade Phillips. And boy, did Jerry not want to fire Wade. Loved the guy and wanted to stay put and believed in him and everything that they put in there. And he showed up on our pregame show and we were, at the, we were in the stadium. It was loud. Or he, he said he was showing up nervous as a cat. Because he knew that if they lost that game that night, Dallas would be done, and he would have to spend the offseason bouncing Wade. As we all know, he did bounce Wade in the beginning, I think, of the next season. Wade stuck around. Am I correct I in didn't that? have to look this up, of course. Okay. Went in, undefeated Saints team. We and beat them 24-17. Right, right. Yeah. and then the Saints lost the next two to finish the regular yeah. season, and we're all wondering, you know, are they rushing? What are they going to do? And then, we, and then they won the Super Bowl. But – he knew, Jerry knew that night, that game, whatever was going on, those four quarters would be so crucial in his decision-making process and thus altering the direction of a franchise. I think this Sunday is that for Jacksonville. That if they show up and lay an egg to the Titans and this team just like gets pushed over and falls flat and Urban's standing there and he's 0-5 and, and he looks like the Urban that we've seen when he's you know, at the end of his tenure at Ohio State, head and hands and stuff like that, and and the team is wiped out by the Titans, who are coming to wipe them out. Oh, yeah. And we all know the problem, as Jacksonville fans know, the diminisher against them. I mean, you could remove every other performance Derrick Henry's had in his career and just include the performances he's had against Jacksonville, and that alone will put him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And here comes Derrick Henry and this team fresh off an overtime road loss to the Jets. And they're pissed. And they know. I mean, if they could upset the Jaguars' apple cart completely, because if this team doesn't respond to this week properly and the performance on the field only enhances the sense that the team does not believe in their coach. If the performance of Jacksonville is four quarters of 
the personification of a no-confidence vote, then it might be a very long Sunday night in the offices there figuring out what to do. And, and, and just to say here, that's what Jacksonville's doing because a win, a win changes this news cycle. We're that much further away from the previous week's decisions by their head coach. A win, their first win in front of a home crowd. And if they come out and show, like, we're, we're still going to be a team together. And, yeah, we're still open to the idea of a belief in the coach. And they might go into the game feeling that. But when adversity hits and a diminisher hits you in Derrick Henry – and business decisions start to creep in, as Dion calls the concept of putting your body and your livelihood on the line for a win. A business decision creeps in, and you're down 10 nothing, and you start elfoldoing because you look over and you're like, let's get some answers, and the coach, who you don't have much belief in, doesn't respond well. A halftime speech where he goes in and peels the paint off the wall, and the Titans come out and hit them in the mouth, that's really significant. That's what this Sunday is. That's what Jacksonville's doing. They're trying to get to Sunday because in the NFL, a win can change a lot, and it changes the whole concept of news cycles. And I think that's what they're doing. I think they're holding on for dear life right now for that, and that's what makes Sunday's game for the Jaguars against the Titans. Who knew? 0-4 versus two and two would be so significant for the direction of a franchise in a week five. But I really believe that that's the boat that they're all in because of Urban Meyer's Friday night off. Hour number two coming up, Mike Pereira, the head of NFL refs from back of the day, now the Fox Rules analyst. We'll talk to him about all these taunting flags going on out there. And then Michael Kay coming up hour three. 